Time for Talk of the Town with Lisa Kay. Talk of the Town on a finally Friday with Paul Peterson, District 77 Superintendent. What have you been up to since the last time I saw you? Oh my gosh, Lisa. It's been, I mean, we've hit that time of the school year where it is just a roller coaster. I mean, down, downhill makes it sound like negative. It's not at all. It's just exhilarating. I mean, every time you turn your head, there's either a game or a concert or a or a recognition banquet or kids like we talk like sometimes it's the horse trading of like classes where it's like, wow, I really need to pass this class. And Oh, I've got. What? Yep. I know. I have friends that have. Thankfully, my students, mm-hmm. my kids in my house are not doing that. But I have friends that are like, uh, oh, you have to do what? Yeah. Yeah. So it's just been I mean, the spring has flown by. Mm-hmm. Here we are. I mean, less than three weeks for Mankato schools uh, to wrap it all up in the middle of not middle of June, but June 7th is graduation. And so um, and some of our regional schools are wrapping up a little early and yeah. um, some are already done. So it's and then we're going to hit summer with all that that <sighs> provides for us as we soak in the sun and wait for the next snowfall. You know, what we, as parents, <laughs> we wait for not the next snowfall, but when the kids come home, it's like, OK, the grocery bill goes up. Definitely. Yeah. Like people are up later. I'm going to get less sleep because mm-hmm. my teenagers stay up all night. Yeah. All of that is coming my way. When our boys were in school and I was a principal and superintendent and so I'd keep going to work and Carrie was home with them and she'd, you know, I'd check in and she'd say the first couple days, like first week or so of that transition, not good. No. No, they, they were, I mean, just trying to get into the swing of summer and, and then they got busy and, you know, it was all great, but (laughs) transitions. I I think I've just finished my, my oldest moved home from college uh, for the summer for his internship and I've just finished with the laundry that Mount Washmore <laughs> I called it because it was ridiculous he said to me I brought it all home because I knew I was coming home so uh-huh. I didn't do it oh my so, gosh and then why did I do it because I felt like well I haven't seen you for so long I better do your laundry what is my problem it's a sign of love and affection <laughs> I guess so <laughs> it's the way I show love that's right do you need anything washed <laughs> oh gosh well that's uh. That's great. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, so I know that the end of the legislative session, yeah, is has it happened? Is it is it in the works? They're, Are we done? They're, they're still in session. Okay. Um, there was some talk that they were going to try to maybe get done by the end of this week, but you know, this is they're probably going to be finishing some some things up over this this weekend here. Uh, but the education bill, the E twelve bills, are done, headed to the governor. Um, and those will be signed. So we, okay, so things are really clear for schools. The last time we talked about this, I think you were telling me you were asking for fully, like to fully fund public education and yeah. whatever that meant. What, what'd you get? <laughs> what'd you get? Right. So there, there is, there's significant dollars coming the way of public schools in Minnesota. There's a, it's over a $2 billion increase for all Minnesota public schools. Okay. And so, you know, any way you look at that, that's a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And Mankato schools will definitely benefit from that. You know, we've, we've stopped talking about fully funding or even, you know, I've even heard people kind of move away from this concept of historic funding. Right. Um, but the but, <laughs> Some funding would be nice. <laughs> so, but, but when you're talking about 4% on the general education formula in year one, and then another 2% in year two, that's that that four percent is that's a significant increase. And then mm-hmm. also what the legislature agreed to in conference committee and the governor will sign is linking school funding to inflation. And oh that, that won't okay. happen for a couple of years. Okay. But that has not been in place. And so as costs continue to go up, the legislature setting school funding every two years, 
as prices go up, that funding has stayed static. Right. And so right. it's legis- like not getting not getting your cost of living raised, yeah. right? Yeah. Yep. So so that is kind of a big um, a big shift for us. Um, so we can um, not be you know worried about that as inflation. Now there's there's a cap to that. It it, it won't sure. be going over three percent, but that will be of of great benefit. And um, and there's also a, a lot of dollars headed towards the cross subsidy in special education. Um, that's significant. The uh, English language learner cross subsidy is is being uh, funded more um, in the next uh, biennium, and so, like I said, a lot of dollars come to public education, and um, and we're we're appreciative of that because it's been pretty historic underfunding over the last twenty years, mm-hmm. um, and as costs have gone up, what it costs to educate a kid here in Minnesota has gone up. Um, it's nice that the legislature has recognized that and has um, put some significant dollars um, to public ed. Okay, so that part of the bill is done. You said you're expecting that to be signed and everything to be fine. We are. You know, the advocacy groups, whether it's superintendents or the school boards or the teacher groups, um, really, it's been a long session, um, a lot of different ideas, um, and appreciate the fact that those ideas within the public education sphere have really been centered on improving the student experience, the staff experience and really the outcomes for our kids, and it, that's and that's complicated. Money can't do all of that, mm-hmm. um, but that's a big it's a big yeah. part of it. You you really need to have, because most of our dollars go towards people. Right. Um, we need to have the staff that uh, have a passion for kids for learning, um, how to connect those two things, uh, and we we know that kids need to have dynamic, committed, passionate people in front of them, and whether it's in the recruiting of new teachers, there's money for that. Um, there's mentoring, there's student support dollars that are coming the way uh, to public schools. And so all of that uh, will help us continue to make improvements. And it's really just a, a, a an understanding at the legislature that school funding is about investment. Mm-hmm. It, it really is. I mean, some can, you know, get, get a little sideways when they say, well, God, where's all this money going and do we see the results? Well, the results that you see come uh, down the road right. as you're developing a workforce, as you're creating taxpayers mm-hmm. and good neighbors and and all the people who make Minnesota strong it but it starts at the school level families and schools setting that firm foundation for our state's future so we were talking about the some of the significant cuts that the district yeah. had to undergo mm-hmm. and I know that there's been buzz around town about class sizes increasing right. and things like that so how does that how is that going to affect us and when so our budget adjustments that we made this spring will go into effect for next school year. And thankfully, the legislature is coming through that we will not have to go deeper with any sort of adjustments okay. for next year. And really, we actually see that for the foreseeable future. I mean, this was really a right-sizing of our budget. And so we have, we'll have we we'll see some adjustments at the class size level they're really actually going to be on par and within the bounds of reasonable when you look at Minnesota school districts. Okay. Um, but those will, th- those we, we've made those decisions. Those will go into effect next fall. But as we see the effect of the legislative dollars that come mm-hmm. in, we're really hoping that over time we're able to examine what were the things that we needed to step away from for the next year. Mm-hmm. Um, and how do we start bringing some of those things back? Right. So what is our restoration plans? It's too early for us to say, well, the legislature has acted now. I mean, we, we still needed to make that sizable adjustment. Right. So we've got stability in our funding. And as I shared with our staff, three out of my four years here, I've been going around to staff uh, meetings talking about making budget adjustments. Well, 
we got to stop that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the only way to stop it is to find the bottom of that, of, of that, and then start building. And you build that through legislative action, enrollment growth, and continuing to develop innovative programs that are appealing to kids, families, and the community. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that makes sense. I know that uh, a lot of times we don't stop and think about how one affects the other. I yeah. know we made some adjustments here, but with legislative stuff coming in, that might mean a year or two down the road before we actually see the money. Right. Yep. Right. And and yeah, some of, some of the things and some of the language items, especially that the legislature have passed, for example, new courses that will be required at the high school, um, uh, uh, paid family leave, the things that could very well affect school districts. Those there is a quite a runway mm-hmm. for organizations like ours to develop our plans to make sure that we've got the structure in place to support those things to, uh, to support our staff members and our kids with uh, the new legislation. So, I, one of the other things we're going to talk about today is this is a long a long uh, title: future focused strategic planning. Did I get that right? <laughs> yeah, sure. I sure hope most of your people didn't just like click off the radio after they hear something like that. I had to write it down because I was like, I know I'm going to mess that up. Yeah. Future focused strategic planning <laughs> sounds like a crack. It sounds like a dry cracker. Make it, <laughs> make it exciting. Make it not. <laughs> make it exciting because uh, as we talked off air, I'm a doer. I want to like tell me what to do and I'll do it, but I don't want to plan for it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well. Someone's got a plan for it. Let it be someone else. Well, the planners in a school district like ours are our school board and, okay. our, and our district leaders. And our role, a big part of our role is to not simply be working in the now, but also be looking out not just three months or six months, but looking out three years, six years. Right. And what our school board and what our district leadership team have really rallied around is the idea that we need to make sure that the Mankato area public schools experience for kids, families, staff, and community is developing kids for their future and not our past. Mm -hmm. And so the idea of engaging in planning, which sounds kind of boring, I know, (laughs) but it gets really exciting when you think about how possibly can schools do things differently to ensure that when a kid does graduate, goes across that stage, gets the diploma, and walks then into the world, um, they're not going to have it all figured out. Right. But, we're, but we've prepared them in a way where they have had the experiences during their early learning through 12th grade that are relevant to the real world. And so that takes planning. That takes discussion with kids, with staff members, with parents, with community members about what, what does our future in this region hold and how should the public system be preparing kids potentially differently for that future? Right. Uh, I just think in the past few decades, the advances in technology yeah. itself, uh, we couldn't have planned for that. Um, and, but that's something that you had to plan for. I remember back when everyone everyone's going to have a laptop, and that was a huge deal. Yeah. Now it's just expected. You know, I think of some of the most amazing planners were about 120 years ago when you like really when the industrial model of schooling began, Mm -hmm. those people were brilliant because they looked at their society. They looked at the economy. They looked at what the economy needed in terms of workers or doers or thinkers or whatever else. And they literally built a public education system to, to, to like produce those kids. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. To deliver that. Yeah. So what did we get? We got bells, we got rows and columns. We got direct instruction. 
Um, and we had a system back 100 plus years ago mm-hmm. that ranked and sorted kids, those kids that were going to go to university, those kids who were going to go into the workforce. Right. And the the goal of that public system was to figure out who's who. Hmm. Okay, that was 100 plus years ago. Yeah. In a lot of ways, the system itself, the public ed system, certainly there's been innovation on the margins, but the public system for the most part looks a lot like that still. Hmm. As far as the bell schedule, how our schools were built, the courses that kids take. Right. And so those planners a hundred years, they got exactly, they delivered exactly what the society needed. We need to have those conversations right now in the, in the year 2023 about, okay, society has changed. The economy has changed. Worker needs have changed. So many things have, have evolved. Our schools need to do the same thing. The only way that you do that is through bringing people together in a planning process Mm -hmm. To say, what is the current reality of our schools? What does our society, what does our community expect from our schools? And then how does a school board, how do district leaders, superintendents, principals, coordinators, and then ultimately our teachers prepare our kids differently? That's what future-focused strategic okay. planning is all about. Our well, school- see, there you go, making sense. <laughs> now I'm like, now I'm engaged. Thank you. So, so <laughs> uh, next Monday, okay. we are going to be officially launching this initiative. Our school board, our district leaders, um, along with partnership of parents and kids and community members, will be going through a multi-month. This will take multi-years. This is all about the continuous improvement pro- uh, process of look at your data. What is your data telling you? How do you make improvements for the future? How do you implement new ideas? And then how do you measure those? This next iteration of that is really important. Like I said, we're going to kick it off next week. Um, and then we'll be messaging to our community asking for feedback as to this is what we're hearing. What else? What have we missed? Who haven't we talked to yet? Mm-hmm. How can we get those ideas incorporated into a larger strate- a strategic plan that the board is ultimately responsible for? Right. Um, and then they, they hold me accountable for those results mm-hmm. um, throughout our system. So we're excited to get going on that. Our board is really chomping to uh, engage and um, help our community, uh, number one, see the quality that's already happening within our system, mm-hmm. but then also in the, in the same breath saying, we understand that systems have to evolve um, just like every other uh, right. organization. Have there Has there been any conversation on the front end about some of those changes that might be needed yeah, so for we, our society and for, yeah, you know, so like the, the kind of students and workers that we essentially kind of produce in our, right. in our public schools. But a week ago we, we, uh, did some test focus groups with some parents and with some staff members and with some uh, community members just to kind of test out some of these questions right. to see if there's, number one, it, what is there interest in even engaging in this? And definitely yeah. pe- people have mm-hmm. a lot to say. Um, and so I would, you know, and I, I wouldn't say that there are any surprising ideas in there. I mean, when, when we think about what makes a kid come alive or what is really interesting and exciting to a kid, mm-hmm. oftentimes it's, um, working on real world challenges. Right. Um, it's not necessarily always theory. It's here's something that's going on in our community right now. So it's that experiential element of education. Mm-hmm. Um, some people, you know, call it hands-on um, yeah. problem-based learning. Um, so I think that we'll potentially hear more of that as these conversations broaden, but those are really how our school board has seen rut. Typically, when strategic planning occurs, it, it, it goes top down. Right. You have school boards and superintendents saying, hey, I think this should be the vision. Boom. Now 
you bring that down into the classroom. Mm -hmm. the, the way that we're going to be organizing our future focused planning is we're actually going to reverse that and talk, the, the phrase that we use is classroom to boardroom. We're going to start at the student, staff, parent level. What do you need and bring it and up? And then go up. Okay. Wow. Yeah. How do you manage to, or are you planning on managing to uh, handle all of the different types of, well, I mean, in the society we live in right now, everyone's got an opinion, right? right? And everyone's everyone feels like their opinion deserves to be heard mm -hmm. and felt, and everybody thinks they're right. So <laughs> <laughs> I said that out loud. Um, but how do you handle that when, when it comes to coming from the bottom up? Because it seems like there will be a lot of that. There will. There will, and, and you know, you it, look for it's, themes or? it will really be important that people understand that the input is valued and it's needed, but you're right. Eventually, we will be getting to developing of themes um, about the student experience, um, and that student experience, think about all the different lenses. Obviously, a student has a perspective on the experience, but mm -hmm. what about parents? What about a parent's expectation of student experience? And then right. what about a business owner's expectation of a student experience or a community member, um, a staff member, a, a teacher. And this, I think, is where we need to get out of our own heads as far as, I, I know we get stuck here sometimes where this is the way we've always done it. Right. There's nothing wrong with the way we've always done it. It's always worked mm -hmm. for us. And right? there's there's comfort in that mm -hmm. because there's a logical sequence of this is what I do. This is, it just this makes. Is what I was taught, yep. it works. Mm -hmm. and, and so and that idea it? of dissonance in your head or being, <laughs> right. you know, what's that phrase, being comfortable, being uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. uh, we fully expect that there will be things that we hear that there won't be universal agreement on. Hmm. Um, the length of the school day, how many credits a kid should have to graduate, what should those credits be made up of, how much time should a student be spending outside of the four walls of a traditional school and be spent generating educational experiences in community. Right. We're going to have a, we're, we're going to have a, I mean, our community is, has diversity of thought up and down, left right. and right, all over. Gathering all of that together and then theming that for the future of our public education system is really what this is all about. And so we'll be looking for that from the school district where? Where would we see, where would we see right. calls so, to, for so, opinion? Yep, so we, we will have a presence on our website that will kind of be a gathering place for all of this. Um, our school board re will really be doing a lot of the reporting at their regularly scheduled meetings mm -hmm. um, since they are um, going to be out front and, and public with all of this so people can listen for updates. But then there there will also be really uh, intentional social media posts about when and where people can engage. We'll have some summer engagements if people want to hop on a virtual call over the summer. We'll uh, make some uh make some announcements on what we've learned so far, probably around the time of the start of the school year next next fall. But then, like I said, this is continuous improvement. So this isn't a one and done. Oh, I missed a meeting. I guess I guess I can't share. Yeah. There'll be community surveys, all of those things. And, and, you know, we survey people a lot about a lot of different things. This is really going to focus in on the future of our schools. Okay. And that uh, is what makes us a little bit different. Wow. Well, thank you for spreading some peanut butter on that cracker for me. I appreciate that. <laughs> what, what did you call it? A dry saltine? Or it was a dry... like a dry cracker. Wow. I was like, future-focused strategic planning. Okay, now I get it. Now I understand. <laughs> that was quite an intro. It was. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> Paul Peterson, District 77 Superintendent. Hey, uh, happy graduation. I won't see you until after that's done, but uh, we'll continue to talk to you on Talk of the Town. And if you have any of these meetings that come up that the public needs to know about, make sure to let me know.
certainly we'll pass the word. For sure get them to you. Thank you. Thanks for coming in. 